0: In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the horror show against Bologna with Mr. Gabriel Marcotti. We'll be previewing the Parma game, this week's Moji Muratti, frog and Inter legends, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter only on sempreinter.com. Ecco Perisic, uno contro uno, gioco di gambe, guadagna al fondo, il cross, Icardi, goal, 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 goal,
1: goal, 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 goal,
2: goal, sone i in, in area di rigore arriva
1: la palla la prende Mesino la prende Mesino che segna solo contro le romane e segna il gol del 3 per una vittoria eccezionale
0: eccezionale Benvenuti bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter I am your host Nimathali Rutsa wishing you all welcome to a new week uh, that we wished would have started in a different way but i um, here to discuss uh, all of this with me uh, one by one because there's a lot to unpack. I'm joined by the host of The Alex Donald Show, Mr. Alex Donald.
2: Hey, great to be back, Nima. I hope you're doing well.
0: I'm doing well considering, all things <laughs> considering. I'm not happy with Inter. <laughs> and we're also joined by uh, the uh, Inter Legends writer and soon to be also uh, Inter Legends on YouTube, uh, Mr. Uh, Critty Smith. Welcome.
3: Hey, Nima, it's great. Uh, my four-game prediction streak came to an end this past week. I uh, got the score right, but the wrong team scored the goal.
0: <laughs> Indeed. But before we get into all of that, we are joined by uh, our very good friend of the show. Uh, he writes for The Times, ESPN. Uh, welcome back again uh, to Studio Inter, Mr. Gabriele Marcotti.
1: Great to be with you guys.
0: Uh, it's good to have you. And we, we we really need to... There's so much to talk about because since the last time you were on. And let's start with... Um, this whole Spalletti situation because a lot of uh, the fans seem to be like 50 50. 50% of them have turned on him. Uh, the, other, the others haven't. But if I were to ask you, Gab, do you think that Spalletti should be sacked right now or do you think the club should chill, chill with that decision?
1: I think you fire a manager when you think there's another guy who can do better uh, in, in the medium term and who. Uh, and who could be better for your club in the medium term? So, with that in mind, I would say probably not, because ultimately this is in. And the other name that people keep bringing up, Antonio Conte, comes with baggage, comes with mid season baggage, is expensive, it's confusing. You know, for all the damage that has been done, Spalletti third in the table. Um, there's a grown up. At the club now, in the form of Beppe Marotta, or supposedly <laughs> one, uh, you know, the, the club. Let's give him a chance to 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 go and, and 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 ride it out. You know, I think in the end, clubs have to be serious about this. They made a huge call. They put a lot, a lot of faith in Spalletti when they said, "Okay, we're gonna go and spend money that we really don't have on Rajan Golan." And yes, you love Perisic. We love Perisic. Here's a big contract, and we're not for Perisic, or we're not going to sell him. Those two things obviously blow up in their face. But you don't. You want to give Spalletti every chance, I think. And I think that's what they're going to do. I, I think it would take sort of really falling out of the top four and down to six or seventh for for the club to uh, to sack Spalletti.
0: Mm. Right, uh, uh, Alex. Uh, do you have something uh, you want to ask, Gab?
2: Yeah, I mean, Gab, talking about potential replacements and all that, you brought up the name Conte, who obviously has baggage. You know, another name you will see come up, given his, his history with Inter, is Mourinho. Um, you know, I, obviously this is hypothetical because it's unrealistic to say that once Inter does move on from Spalletti, that these probably wouldn't be the only options out there. But if it did come down to Conte versus Mourinho, who would fit this club better at this time?
1: Yeah. As, a, as a mid-season replacement?
2: Let, let, let's say post-season, because it, like you, I don't expect a mid-season replacement, but if it did come down to a summer dismissal or departure from Spalletti, uh, and either of those names were sort of the finalists, who would fit the club better? I don't know, because,
1: you know, Mourinho was successful at Inter, obviously, in a different time and a different place, and he... he I part of me would would be would lean towards Mourinho for, for the simple fact that I still believe that certain people are intelligent enough to to learn their lessons, you know, learn what they learn from their failures. You know, they say you learn more from from failure than from from success. I think Mourinho probably has realized that you know he left his last three jobs on very bad terms. In two of his last three jobs, he was fired. Um, really in the first half of the season. Uh, And, you know, there's things that he really could and should have done differently. And that maybe with with Beppe Marotta... And by the way, I don't want to sound like I'm giving Beppe Marotta like magical powers, but compared to what was there before, he's very obviously an an upgrade. Um, So I would lean towards Mourinho because I think he's going to have all the motivation and so on. The thing about Mourinho is, you know, you need to sit down with him before the season, and say, okay, this is our plan, and I think our plan has to be no more buying short-term veterans. You know, none of this. Well, I mean, already they're going down that path with Godin, but enough of that. You know, it doesn't do no good to go and accumulate more thirty-year-olds, and then get stuck finishing behind Juve or screwing up a Europa League final or going on the quarterfinals against somebody in the Champions League When and then all of a sudden you know, they've got financial fair play issues again and they're stuck with a huge roster of overpaid 30-somethings that they can't sell because nobody wants them. Uh, so I think what you have to start with is a clear plan, a plan based to some degree on youth, and on, on a renewal, on, on players that, you know, can be shifted if, if things don't work out. And then you go to Mourinho and you say, look, these are the parameters. You are Mr. motivation. Can you make it work? And do we trust you that you're going to stay kind of within the rules? For that reason, I would go with Mourinho. I would not go for Conte because, and I saw this, well, I saw both of them up close. I live in London, uh, Chelsea, you know, Stamford Bridge is a few blocks from my house. I don't think Conte is at that stage yet. I I think I'm sure Conte learned from what went wrong at Chelsea, but I don't think he's necessarily that that message has got home to him. You bring in Conte in addition to the baggage of having, you know, a former Juve guy in the house and not just a former Juve coach, but a former Juve player and Marco Materazzi's arch nemesis. um, You, you know, you're bringing in a guy who, who will just want, you know, Oh, you know, Suning, they're so rich. Why can't we spend money? Oh, come on, give me a present. You know, the, the, the regalino, the sacrificio, all this stuff. Because uh, that's what he did at Chelsea. And, you know, football doesn't work that way anymore.
0: Mm, that's a that's a really good point. Uh, Critty?
3: Yeah. You have- yes, uh, I have a rather long-winded one. So, um, and uh, <laughs> one of the, when when am I not? One of the things I love about the show is that it's a discussion show, and it's a panel show like that, and it's also a opinion show. And I formed the opinion, and I could be completely wrong. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about them, is that everyone's entitled to one, and whether it's right or wrong, we can agree or disagree with each other. But I am of the belief now that it's not Mazzotti's fault, it's not Pioli's fault, it's not Mancini's fault, and it's not Spalletti's fault. I am more keen to believe that it's the players it's this generation of winners that that retired slowly but surely after the 2010 season and those were not replaced with uh players of similar attitude work ethic demeanor and winning mentality i i think that they're from what i can see at least from what i have observed and, and read and seen witnessed over the past five to seven years I'm i'm slowly but surely Believing that it almost at this point with this group of players, it, it, it quite frankly doesn't matter what manager you put on the touchline, uh, it's simply going to implode at some point. And, and patterns, uh, are the things that I go by on this and these uh January, December, now February losing streaks that happen seemingly annually. Um, so my question would be is is has Spilett seem simply Uh, lost the momentum that he had with these players last season, the feel-good of the Champions League qualification, the uh, great comments that Icardi made about him saying that, you know, this is the guy that's gotten the most out of him, out of any manager he's ever had. And just uh, has has Spalletti lost the locker room?
1: I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You know, the thing is, you know, Spalletti would say, yeah, you know, I want winners and fighters. And look, you know, that's why I got, you know, that's why I mortgaged the house to bring in, to bring in Raja, right? That's why, you know, a guy like, um, you know, nobody's going to argue with Scriniar. A guy like Asamoah, obviously he's a winner. He showed it at U of it. I, I, I don't know. For me, I, I get really skeptical about the stuff that I can't see and I can't really measure. This idea when people bring up winning mentality and, yeah, we can see there are some players who are very talented and are insecure and have got baggage. But I think in in my experience covering the game and, and, and talking to players in the game, in fact, the vast majority of people who play in Serie A actually are mentally tough. You know, some might be inconsistent, some may have other issues. But this whole idea that there's this whole thing about winners, because, look, I mean, somebody could have put a good could have looked at, at, at Pupi Sanetti and say like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you know, what kind of a loser are you that, you know, you screwed it up with with the national team, you know, you never won anything with, with Inter apart from some, you know, some crappy cops that nobody cares about. You're clearly a loser. You know, you were there on, on May 5th. What kind of a loser are you? You know, and then four years later, the guy wins, <laughs> you know, the guy thats the Champions League, right? So I, I get... I, I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. I think what what Inter need is to move away from from this idea that you know they have to win now. I, I think we're seeing the fact that for all their ills, Inter are third in Serie Milan have a much bigger laundry list of issues. Roma keeps selling anybody who's who, who even looks like they're halfway good. So why not build on that? Why not wait for the commercial revenue to to kick in? Why not celebrate the fact that that you're you know you've got sixty thousand showing up every week uh, for a team that you know, seems to regularly underachieve and and build on that and start taking a longer view on things? You know, and a longer view you know doesn't just mean Lautaro and, and 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 Politano. You know, it means not stacking your team with guys who have to play because they're. They're older and they have big contracts. And, you know, I think that's a decision that goes beyond the manager. But knowing Italian managers a little bit, the vast majority of them will always prefer the veteran because they figure that he's got balls. They, they, they figure that he's battle-hardened. They figure he's got the winning mentality. And, you know, we kind of see where that, where that got into, right? Perisic is a warrior. Yeah, okay. You know, we've seen what kind of warrior and when he wants to be a warrior.
0: Mm, that's that's a really interesting point. Um, I I I'm I'm keen to talk a little bit more about the Bologna game and pick your pick your pick your brain about that because, to me, uh, what really was so harrowing to see was the fact that this 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 performance against Bologna was so reminiscent of almost when Mazzari was in charge of Inter. There was absolutely no lines, no scammy, no no idea, no fantasy, no movement, and in the end, he brings on Ranocchia. Um, I mean, usually when, when, when you see, a, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, Alessandro Altobelli tweeted out after the game that, uh, quoting Pepino Prisco, that when, you, when, when your goalkeeper is your striker, that's when you need to call a priest. Um, and, and I think that, you know, uh, uh, do you think that how far away is Spalletti for, 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 from calling the priest on his inter-career? Because I think a few more results like this,
1: I don't know. Yeah, look, I I think Bologna are absolutely terrible and I don't think Bologna played particularly well in that game. Um I thought it was a game that he Spalletti got completely wrong tactically as well. Um, I'm just reminding myself now of the Bologna lineup and you know, you're playing against a team that, you know, in addition to the center forward, they had Orsolini, Palacio and, and Soriano out there. That's an attacking team, and you're at home. you know you sh- should figure out how to go and take advantage of the fact that you know a lot of the guys on the other team aren't really there to defend and and to be fair, Bologna didn't go and, 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 and park the bus. Um, I you know bringing out Ranocchia again, you know he would have said, oh, he wanted to give you know, La Scossa, Sscosa, right, which favorite yeah. Italian term which Basically, it doesn't mean anything. It just kind of means, uh-oh, I don't know what to do. So <laughs> let me do something crazy and hope that everybody reacts. Um, I, I don't... I, you know, it, it's interesting you make the analogy with Mazzari because, yeah, Walter Mazzari does. He's safety first. He plays the percentages. You know, sometimes he doesn't even look interested in winning. He seems more interested in not losing. But is the guy who's supposed to be different. You know, he's... Yeah. A, he's a tactical genius and to not figure out what to do here i thought was was, was very disappointing i mean if anything you know i am not, not a huge lautaro guy at all but um this against this like incredibly sort of weird ponderous defense this was the game i thought to to to, to and and i like kadreva but to bring him on earlier, you know, mm. um, I mean, obviously I mean, he came on at the half, but like, what I mean is like, it shouldn't take you, it shouldn't take you 45 minutes to figure out that, you know, in fact, you should have looked at the team beforehand and said, this is not a Candreva game, because
0: absolutely this, not.
1: it does not, this is, I'm just going to go, Candreva already doesn't like Spalletti, as, as we all, I think we all know, <laughs> and and, and you 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 don't put him in that situation, you know. This is also a game where I think, and I mean, from what I I know a little bit of Spalletti, he probably thought, okay, so Perisic is going to be super motivated in this game because he didn't get his way. Uh, no, that's not what we <laughs> saw. You know, we saw a guy who might as well not have been out there. And and yeah, and then you've got the issues in midfield that that can't be fixed, like the fact that. Uh, you know the, 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 you know if you have Vecino, you have got the personality, but then you don't have the legs, and uh, and then you've got issues. You know,
0: and then you have Naingolan and then you have uh, Galliardini, who's completely out of form because he's not been played. Uh, you you know I, it's 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 quite a mess. And what I'm kind of wondering is is how much of this can can you know, at the end of the day, how much of this is Paletti's fault and how much of it is is other things. Uh, personally, I think he put a lot of his, uh, he risked a lot by insisting on bringing in Nainggolan in the summer. I thought it was a huge, huge uh, risk uh, that, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, because it reminded me so much of Hernanes 2.0. I mean, obviously, Hernanes being the one they saw, they bought when they should have bought Nainggolan, and now they bought ngolan when they should have bought someone else um so i i'm i'm thinking uh, either way in the summer do you think spalletti stays past this summer given the amount of uh, prestige that he's lost this this season
1: i think right now every indication is that other than maybe some courtesy chats with conte because he's you know he's hanging around making sure he's photographed pretending to go and buy sofas and (laughs) excuses, you know, and and of course, you know, and Mourinho when he's not slipping on the ice Yeah, but this is what other work (laughs) managers do, right? This is, you know, they stay on the we've all seen the video that You know, I actually was actually thinking to myself, right? So that that video when Mourinho slips on the ice after dropping (laughs) the puck That's in the Continental Hockey League, right? That's sort of a Russian East European League It occurred to me that I'm not gonna say he did it on purpose but like, if he had dropped the the puck and walked off like a normal person, none of us would have thought Dang of Mourinho it. in that moment, would we? Yeah. No. You know, he would have been out of our consciousness. So no. So, joking aside, I the club. My understanding is they're not contemplating an alternative to Spalletti. I, I don't buy this. These stories that oh, he has to win the next game because you know otherwise otherwise he'll be sacked. Um, you know, I, I I actually had this conversation with with somebody to hinted about, we talked about how we were both in agreement that those sort of ultimatums, you know, if you don't win the next game, you're sacked, are just really stupid because if you think the guy's, you know, football's a low-scoring game, luck plays an enormous part. If you think that the guy's rubbish, then the guy getting lucky and winning the game shouldn't change that. And if you think he's good, then, you know, why sack him if you think he's good? So, um, at this time, I'm like to believe they're not actually looking at alternatives uh for the future and their intention is to continue with Spalletti but um you know if if we're still in a similar situation if if March rolls around the top 4 becomes in doubt there's somebody who they really like and who they think they can get and Diego Simeone maybe um then then it might be a different story yeah. Well, um,
0: yeah, uh, I, I wanted to... Uh, we spoke about uh, Antonio Conte. I wanted to ask you, I mean, personally, I think he, he, belong, like, he should go to AC Milan because he, that squad is made for him, I think. I think they got the wing-backs for it, and Cutrone and Piontek uh, up front. I think their movement suits his football more than Inter. Well, what do you think about that?
1: See, I have a difficult one with, with Piontek. I mean, I've got a running... Uh, bet on the ESPN City Awesome podcast that with Paolo Bandini that he's not going to hit 20 goals this season. Um, it looks like I'm losing that bet right now, but I haven't (laughs) lost yet. Uh, I don't know. I I have an issue. I think in the modern game, you know, people used to direct this, people used to use this, and it was used to to make an accusation of it out of Icardi. I I think Icardi, the last, you know, certainly last season, but also, you know, at times this year, has become a different player, has become a much better player, and has become a much more involved player. Um, Piontek reminds me of, like, a bad version of what Icardi was early, when, you know, you had these guys who just didn't see them, and then they'd appear and they'd shoot on goal and, and score. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying, obviously, goals are important and finishing is important, but... In the He really contributes. Pyontik really contributes very, very little to the team, um, you know, other than the, the 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 other than when he shoots on goal. Um, I'm not even sure his movement is quite as good. I think his finishing's been out of this world, but I also think he's going to regress to the mean because that's what logic says. Maybe I'm wrong on this, right?
0: Yeah I know, so, I know I know you've not been uh, I remember when you were on like in the beginning of the season and and we and I asked you uh, like cuz he just starts scoring and I said do you think he will win he'll be the Capo canoniera and you were not convinced <laughs> but <laughs> no,
1: um... <laughs> I, I stand to be corrected I mean I think you know there, there there's <laughs> I, I think what your eyes tell you is is important you know um but you well know, who knows we'll we'll we'll, we'll see I, I think again, the problem with Conte Milan is Conte, the modern version of Conte. If if Milan can recapture the, you know, the oh, I'll make it work, and these might not be the players I want, but I'll figure out Pirlo and who I didn't really want, but you know, I'll sort it out, and and I'll work it, and it has this can-do attitude. Then then you maybe because you know, in many ways, he's a great coach. Uh, if he comes in, and you know goals you know, Gordon and Paul Singer and Elliott management and says, wait, these guys are billionaires. Oh, well, you better <laughs> give us money then. then it's going to be, no, it's going to be a bad, nasty, um, a bad, nasty appointment. And, you know, and, and we saw that. I mean, like, that's the reason things went south with Abramovich. He got it in his head that Abramovich was being stingy, that he didn't want to spend he didn't he didn't couldn't he didn't believe the club when the club said these are budgets, we have to stick to them. We want to try to break even. Mourinho cost us a lot of money when he left. And so he tried to force their hand. He got it in his head that, you know, they didn't want to sell Diego Costa. So he kind of forced them to sell Diego Costa with that famous SMS. He tried to force them to sell David Luiz by simply not playing him anymore. You know, not that David Luis is a great player, but uh, or or is, you know, he's not Beckenbauer, but he's not a terrible center back. Uh, so he gets these things in his mind and he becomes difficult to handle that way. And he was difficult to handle at Juve. So, and I think, by the way, that's another reason I, I think uh, he's not going to come to Inter because Marotta's very mindful of what it was like, you know, dealing with this guy every year. One mm. other factor with Conte, remember, when he left all the old players at Juve, all the veterans, you know, they all court champagne um, because they didn't want to see the guy anymore. <laughs> Inter are a team that's filled with older players who don't want, you know, Conte with his stupid baseball hat and his fake hair shouting at them, you know. I, I In the right context, he's a great manager. I, I'm just not sure that, um, that, 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 that Milan uh, or, of course, Inter are the right place for him.
0: Uh, with the Inter, I agree. I think that, except barring Trapattoni, uh, Juve Juve managers and Juve people, uh, Lex—we can call it Lex Marcello Lippi—they don't—they don't do so well at the club. Um, uh, Alex, did you have something you wanted to ask? Gab yeah, before we let him go,
2: it's really impossible for me to ask this on an Inter pod to not sound petty towards Milan. So, at full risk of that. Uh, with you bringing up uh, Piontech, I, I, I was concerned about one thing financial fair play wise, because we always see Inter going for these low ball loan with option to buy type of deals when they're buying players with their financial play situation. Is there any explanation just and, and this is kind of complimentary on my part, how Milan is able to spend 65 million euros in January? Is there going to be, you know, another shoe that has to drop here? How, how can they make that work with their books?
1: So, so there's two things. I mean, without boring people too much, um, so Milan have been have been judged and have been have been punished based not on the last summer but the summer before, and the 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 the, the punishment is basically they have to break even by. Whatever the year was, I think it's 2021 or 2022. So until then, they can kind of do what they like if they hit certain commercial targets along the way. Now, bear in mind, Milan are still contesting this, and Milan are also, um, you know, they they there will also be judged on the on the Mirabeli, Liang Hong summer, Fasone summer that you know when they bought Andre Silva and all those guys. Um so I think they actually have they have a little more latitude i mean relative to inted who Inter of course are already in the settlement regime may not have a little more latitude because of the the because of the change of ownership um and it's more of a longer term it's more of a longer term target um that's basically the the short answer with that um but I also think that and then Milan also have a much lower wage bill than, um, uh, than Inter. Not so much, I don't think it's that lower this year, though it is lower, but I think in terms of deals that sort of expire, like guys like Montolivo and stuff who make a lot of money, you know, are all magically going to disappear, whereas Inter will be on the hook for Paris, for a long time. So that's, um, that's another factor. Uh, um, but I do think that in the summer, you know, Milan will have to start, Shedding will likely have to have to shed some assets if they want to if they want to bring in new ones I, I don't think there's any question there
0: Curdy, uh, did you want to gab something on before we generate so we've taken so much of our time
3: Yeah, just uh, one final thing. Uh, I was in a rare healthy Twitter debate earlier this week um, <laughs> and uh, I had a non uh, inter uh, supporter ask me a question about Inter in terms of Icardi, he said, do you really want uh, a guy like Icardi wearing your captain's armband? And, uh, he put it in the context of, you know, he made, you know, some, obviously he's had a very, um, tumultuous past with a lot of supporters and, um, he's patched up with, with, with some of them, but of course there's still his, uh, his skeptics and his critics. Uh, where do you see his long-term future with this club? Uh, just, just Icardi, no one else, just, just with him and Wanda and the whole drama and situation that she creates. Uh, is, 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 he, is he an inter-player for the next uh, four or five seasons?
1: So not that long ago, I would have said probably not because we saw all the nonsense between him and Maxi and, and, and Wanda. And, you know, you're kind of like, wow, like, Inter, who you know, struggle to handle normal people. What are they going to do with these two weirdos? You know, um, but then I look at his his behavior on the pitch uh, since since getting the captain's armband. Um, I look at his discipline. I look at his results. I, I you know, and I might regret saying this, but I kind of feel like the guy's performing. He's grown up, and while admittedly, Wanda is. Is a, shot, is a side show and, you know, she goes on, on the same TV show every week. To her credit, she's actually been pretty consistent, right? So, you know, they want a new deal and that's her job. She's his agent who doesn't want to raise. Um, but even, like, you know, as far as the show that she's on, Tiki Taka, like, she's on and she kind of says the same things every single week to the point that I would imagine they might get bored with her and go and find, some you know, a different sort of eye candy next season. Because she's actually pretty consistent and, and pretty on message. And so in that sense, I think is an asset for Inter. And he's somebody that Inter would want to would, would keep around. Now, obviously, there's, there's a clause um, and whatnot. But, you know, I look around Europe. I don't know what, what you guys think about it. But how many center forwards, how many really top drawer center forwards age 26 or younger you know, not named Killian, are there in Europe? Um, I'd argue very, very, very few. And so in that sense, you know, is a tremendous asset. And and he's somebody that, that you want to, you know, you want to keep happy. Now, obviously, if he starts, you know, demanding 12 million net or, or something like that, then you say, sorry, Mauro, we can't afford it. But I think the approach that you can take with him, which I think is, to be fair, is the approach the club are taking with him is saying like, look, you know, we're building, we're going to build this team around you. We've given you the captain's armband. You're the face of the club. We'd love to pay you more. We simply can't afford to pay you more. It's simply not going to work. These are our books. We can give you this much. The money we save, we're reinvesting in the team. You know that, you know, it's not like Suning is, is, is running off and trousering the money. Um, We want to build the best possible Inter team here. We want you to be the face of it, and we want you to be on board. And we can maybe look at bonuses and stuff like that so that if we get paid, you get paid, Um, you know, on top of your already very high basic salary. I think that's the right approach to take. And then if the dude wants to make a ton of money or if he wants to go and play for Real Madrid or whatever, you know, there's only so much you can do to stand in his way, but you have to make sure that then that you get paid a lot of money and that you reinvest the money well. And that's why I think it's so important to, to extend his deal, to um, to remove the clause and to, you know, and to really sell them on the idea, because I think I, I feel he's kept up his side of the bargain.
0: Mm, that's interesting I personally think that, uh, that that They will extend his contract But that he will leave in the summer Because I feel that the way that Suning and Marotta The, the approach they want to have Is not this 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 turbulence that is always creates Created by by Wanda and, and Mauro I, I don't think it's sustainable And the way that she threw the, the club hierarchy Under the bus at Tikitaka Saying that uh, Juventus wanted to buy him uh, And uh, they wanted to send Higuain that way And Inter accepted it Mauro was the one who stopped it uh, you don't, you, you know, I don't think that Falls on deaf ears and I don't think they forget And forgive so easily
1: um, Yeah, but you know what like, Do you believe her? I mean
0: Yes, who are you I, gonna- I, I think There was an offer, I think there was an offer From Juventus to send Higuain To Inter and In in, in exchange for Icardi, now who stopped it I mean You remember Moratti's um, uh, words In the summer, it's an intelligent deal uh, they I think they were considering it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's one thing look, if Juve I mean I think we all agree is vastly overpaid, but you know, it depends on the terms of the deal. If if you are gonna give you Iguain plus hundred fifty million or hundred million or whatever, then you know, maybe you do think about it. I I don't know. But this idea that the offer was there, I mean, knowing what we know of Juve. Knowing what ultimately the deal that they that they ultimately did with um, with with Milan, knowing that Juve had to, I think everybody you know knows this that if Juve can't find a home for Higuain next season, mm. if he comes back, then they're absolutely screwed, and that's when they have to sell Pjanic or Dybala. I think Inter realized that, and I think you know they Inter had a lot would have had a lot of leverage. I, I don't know. I'd be very surprised if it really came down to um, if it really came down to that in the summer of Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Mm. Because look, if if if, he, if Icardi moves to Juve, Icardi's gonna want Higuain money, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden you've swapped one big salary figure for another big salary figure and you still have to try to figure out how the hell you're gonna play, pay for Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. You know? I yeah, so that's why I don't know. It sounded to me like one of those things. You know, Wanda talks. She talks a lot, and I think people have have started to use the you know the Wanda Nara meter to <laughs> kind of you know <laughs> interpret what she says. And you know, like you said, like she's she's a bit mad, and on top of that, she's a, she's his agent. On top of that. She's his wife, so boom. You know, <laughs> put all those things together. It's like you keep talking, you know, you're going to talk yourself into a cor- into a corner. You know, oh my so God. <laughs> I, I I have less of an issue. I, I really have less of an issue with that. Look, in the end, if it's true, screw it, man. Kathy really wanted to stay. That means that he's on board, and I, and I think you know that matters quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it does. Well, you know, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gab. As always, it's a pleasure. Do you have something special coming up that we can all expect to look forward to from you?
1: Um, no, just I mean, if I can obviously for those in, in the U.S., you know, obviously you can you can get your city fix on on ESPN Plus. You can watch us on uh, uh, on ESPN FC. You can read me on uh, on ESPN.com um, and the Times behind the paywall. Uh So yeah, I'm on Twitter. You know, be in touch, and uh, and yeah, it's it's an interesting faith, I and mean, it just just goes out to all the defense. Every, I mean, I had this conversation with again some people I know at the club. Like, you look at the crowds, you look at the enthusiasm for for a team that really hasn't done anything since the triplete you know, sorry, Rafa, and your your you know, Club World Cup. <laughs> and, and I think it's tremendous. And I think, above all, it's the club are doing a phenomenal job in keeping people excited, in commercializing the club, making sure the San is as full as it can be. Um, I, the, the, the Inter fans are growing in difficult circumstances. It just shows you what the potential is. And now I think it's up to the sporting side to to do their thing and and live up to the other sides of the club.
0: Mm, couldn't agree more. Thank thank you so much for coming on Gab.
1: No problem, my pleasure. Ciao
0: Thanks, already, Gab.
3: G- Cheers. Take thank care, you. boys. Bye bye. Thank, thank you Gab. Thanks for being on.
0: Right, um let's uh move on uh to uh, I mean we pretty much covered all the Bologna game. Um I uh, I just wanted to say Kriti, that um I blame you for the loss against Bologna because ever since <laughs> you started I, there's no logic to this at all I'm just I'm just going to be you know illogically angry at you for 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 being correct about Inter's depression and everything so far so you know I'm going to I'm going to sit here and be like girlfriend angry at you for the rest of the pod <laughs> No but um in all seriousness it's the Parma game is on Saturday um Saturday night, and I although I want to, I, I agree with everything Gab said, and I, that's exactly, and anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I don't think Spaletti should be sacked, but I think that if, if, if you know, if if, if we make like this comparison with the Di Francesco situation at Roma, they got completely hammered 7-1, but then against Milan they turned up, and they probably deserved to win. I think that's what we need to see from Inter against Parma. Even if the result is a draw, it doesn't matter, but they need to turn up. They need to show that they are still reacting to this this man's instructions on the sidelines, and and that's what I'm scared. I'm not sure he any longer has them on board. Um, what do you think, Critty?
3: Well, this Parma team was underestimated by us in the first half of the season. It was an early game, and we didn't know the Parma has actually had a quite impressive season there. Of course, um, promotion team from Serie B last year, and uh, they look like they're going to be hanging around the top 10 for for the duration of the season. Um, I do think that Spalletti, even if they lose, should keep his job. I don't see... You know, we just talked about this. You sack a coach or manager if you have someone in mind to replace him. And I don't think that there's anyone... To replace him and you're going to get your pine kiss? you know he's available if you, if you oh know. i'd
0: love i'd love that i love you pine <laughs>
3: don't well,
0: don't don't hate okay i love you you is a king I, you know
3: <laughs> you, you can there, there's there's you know there's just so so many uh you know ups and downs with an interseason and you know as you said milan has the same thing going on the roma has the same thing but roma's still grinding you know they they fought their way back into the top five and you know they're they're only inches away from really a Champions League spot. And yeah, they had a bad showing in the Copa. That's yeah, they did. They had a a terrible Bayern Munich type Champions League performance they had a couple of years ago where they got hammered seven to one. They this time it was in the Copa instead of the Champions League, and, and it was a domestic rival instead of, you know, someone uh, a German super team. But they came back as you said the next week, and and uh, they they played well, and that's what Inter needs to do, and. I think that uh, Parma will not be underestimated by us this time. I think that Spalletti needs to understand that he still, despite the incredibly bad start to the second half of this season, he still has a, a nice, sizable little advantage uh, over the Champions League spot. So a nice, comfortable uh, 40 points in the top three. Uh, still some distance between him and fourth and between, well, him, enter and fourth and enter in fifth. And you know there's there's a silver lining there. So they can they can certainly get back on track. But again, I will repeat this until I, I, I see something else. I think it's these players. I, I don't necessarily believe it's Spalletti. I don't necessarily believe at this point that that maybe the manager is is, is, is the the, pro, the core problem here. I think that that you have a, a dressing room with a lot of players with the mentality of uh, me first instead of team first with uh, it's generation me it's all about their wants their needs their desires there's there's uh you know the communication may not be there the partnership may not be there and i think that until you have that until you have that unity until you have everyone falling under the same umbrella with the same ideals the same goals the same desires the same drives there's going to be friction you're going to have these uh uh breakdowns and attack that that to look like they have no fluidity it looks like that they they can't and the bologna match was just the, the the culmination of everything we've been seeing in the past month or so with just an unbelievably horrible 90 minutes of football played by this interside they just did not look at all in sync whatsoever at any point in that match
2: and so you know nil is what you get have we scored a goal yet no, some... not,
0: not from open play. Not from oh, open
2: only, play. only in Coppa Italia against Benevento. That was the Icardi
0: penalty,
3: right? Yeah. The Icardi the penalty, right? So, yeah, Nima, to, to, to answer the question with this Parma match, I, I do think it's going to be a very tricky match. And when I say that we're going to get back on track, I mean that we're going to get back on track by drawing and getting a point.
0: Mm, that's what i think as well uh, but the, but for me i'm i care more about the performance i want i want them to show that they still support spalletti and i want them to to show full concentration the mistakes will come the nervousness is there they're under pressure but i wa- but i i want to see something at least uh because otherwise i'm not too sure um i although i know marotta you know his quote about never having sacked a manager for 22 years in the serie a i still think that you know if if you lose the dressing room, you've lost the dressing room. There's nothing more to do, um, and and then a manager should leave. And I'm worried that we're there with Spalletti because I don't want. I don't think that is the right decision. I, I don't want to give these players any more of an alibi, um, exactly like you alluded to earlier, Kriti. Uh, what do you think, Alex?
2: Well, let me start with uh, with with the form of these players. For as poorly as they played against Bologna, they they still could have scored five or six goals in that match, they were missing sitters. I mean, you think about some of the chances that Icardi, 45 seconds in the match, uh, a terrible giveaway in Bologna's defense. He should have scored easily. Lataro missing sitters. Vecino missed that side-footed chance. So as even though no one was running in it, yeah, it didn't feel like they were playing for Spalletti. They still, had they finished a few golden opportunities, could have won that match comfortably. As far as Padma goes this weekend, um, you know, If I can take any optimism from the very early season meeting between these two, even though Inter lost that game 1-0, I thought that they did a better job defensively containing Gervinho than virtually any other squad in Serie A has this year. So, you know, we know Inter is very strong defensively. I don't don't worry about the matchup player for player as much as I just worry about the mentality of the club at this moment. Now, you guys will remember that I think it was... uh, You know, it was I think it was after the Lazio Coppa Italia that I I tweeted Spalletti out. And, you know, that came with a lot of frustration that was on my mind at that moment, uh, because I I do fear that he's lost this dressing room. I fear that these guys are no longer playing for him. But I understand what Gab has brought up. I understand what Critty has brought up and. Nima you as well the idea that you know you really only sack a manager midseason if you're confident there is a better alternative so with that in mind I'm not expecting this to be a decisive match for Spalletti even if Inter do God forbid fall to Potomac and take zero points out of this one that it's probably not the end of the road for Spalletti but you know the the issues that I have with them are really threefold feeling like these guys are not playing for him anymore You know, the fact that, yeah, going back to this past summer, you know, taking that huge gamble on Raja Nainggolan that's not paying off. And, you know, also, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, you can't sack 15 to 18 players that, you know, to say it's the player's fault. uh, I get it. The attitude should be better. But, you know, changing a manager can be what changes a mentality. But if no one better is walking through that door, I understand it. And so I would I would make a plea to, to anyone who puts on that shirt this Saturday to please, if you're not playing for Spalletti, play for yourselves. play for your own pride, play for, you know, I know that this is a road match, but play for those 60 plus thousand that show up to the San Siro to root you on for every home game. I hope that these guys can find some pride in the idea that even though your form has been terrible since the calendar turned to 2019, you still with a combination of blind luck and with other teams dropping points, you still have a four point cushion in, in third place. So take advantage of that and come away with three points this Saturday.
0: Mm, agree. Uh, I I hope you're right, but I think it's going to be a one-one draw, and I think uh, uh, Gervinho will score uh, or Bastoni will score because for some goddamn reason Inter don't put these <laughs> these clauses when they loan players that they shouldn't be able to play against them. But uh, so either Bastoni will score his first ever goal, uh, and or or else. Um, Uh, Gervinho will score and I hope to see that finally Icardi scores because we need to get him uh, as Gab said he they've made him the symbol of the team and as long as he is that he we need to get him moving because this team depends on it so I'm thinking 1-1 Icardi Gervinho what about you uh, uh, scorers and results Kriti
3: I'm going with the exact same scoreline 1-1 I'll break it down a little bit further Uh, Icardi will score in the 35th minute to give Inter the 1-0 lead, and Inglese will score in the 85th minute to draw equal, and
2: that will be how it ends. Alex? Well, since Mo is not with us, let me be the optimist today. (laughs) (laughs) Here here is my scenario. Obviously, for the the first 60, 70 minutes before a sub is made, I think you're going to see the same mentality. I think Inter's defense will be strong, but I think you're going to see it 0-0 to the late stages of the game. But who comes on as a substitute? Keita Balde, who was in tremendous form before his injury. He comes on late, scores the game-winning goal around the 80-85th minute. So I think that uh, re-injecting, hopefully he does play this weekend, but re-injecting a guy who was in tremendous form before he started missing time, I think Keita will be decisive.
0: Mm, I hope you're right. Right. um, Let's. It's time uh, for the part of the show where we walk down memory lane and look back at a player or a coach uh, down that has uh, represent Inter and is worthy of being called Inter legends. Uh, It's Inter legends with Mister Chris Smith.
1: Non è un personaggio che 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 può essere sostituito perché era un personaggio assolutamente unico. Il fatto che abbia sempre uh, pensato e avuto nel cuore due colori, il nero e
3: l'azzurro. All right, guys. So this week, uh, you know, we've we've had uh, players where we've talked about, do they deserve the title of InterLegends despite the fact that they have an article on the site? Uh, There's other ones that are undisputed InterLegends. This is one of those guys. So today we're going to talk about one of the ones that is without question an InterLegend. But it's funny, if we go back on the way he got to Inter. He was actually supposed to go to Juventus first. And I'm talking about one of the greatest midfielders in certainly modern Inter history—that is without question—but I think in the history of the club, when you go back to uh, all the way back to the early 1900s in the founding of the club, this guy will still rank uh, somewhere in the top 10 to 15 midfielders all time in the history of the club, and that is uh, our good friend Mr. Stankovic. Um, so he came over from Lazio, or uh, was had his first success at Lazio, uh, won a, uh, a Serie A title with them, um, and then was supposed to to go to to Juventus first, but uh, ended up uh, turning them down. He he, he turned down Juventus in favor of Inter. And little did he know at the time that the Juventus fans would hold that grudge against him. Very, very, very pissed off and angry those Juventus fans were at that time. Um, He comes to Inter and basically uh, has his partnership with his old friend from Lazio, uh, one Roberto Mancini, uh, reunited with him at Inter. And those... Those two uh, went on to celebrate many titles together until Mourinho uh, got there in 2008, and he did, he wasn't really a big fan of Stankovic. He thought he was, you know, uh, not really been fit into his system, and was looking to basically remove some of the uh, Mancini holdovers uh, from the uh, previous three seasons before Mourinho got there, and and found out really you you can't do that. I mean, uh, Stankovic, uh, when he came back from an injury that he had uh, in, uh, suffered. In the uh, season before, he came back and was in marvelous form, and forced Mourinho to to play him and 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 to to make him a vital part of the 2008-2009 squad, in addition to the 2009-2010 squad. And really, this this is kind of remarkable because it was uh, a, a later in his career he was supposed to go to Juventus again when Mourinho was first coming in, and that's where. Uh, the the uh, the the grudge kind of comes back into into play. Those fans were so pissed off that he turned them down for Inter back in the uh, early 2000s that they they, they honestly uh, kind of boycotted or or, or, or kind of uh, revolted against the the, the transfer of uh, Stankovic from Inter to Juventus. And so he ended up a second time not going to Juventus, and instead uh, uh, he f- favored. Uh, staying at Inter, and um, of course that worked out for the betterment of all of us because he ended up winning the treble and becoming uh, a legendary player that ended up playing his final match uh, for Inter in 2013. And his 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 versatility is what made him such a vital part of this Mourinho team. He could he could really play either wing, he could play defensive mid, he could play attacking mid. That's really where he was, uh, in my opinion, at his best. Uh, But he was uh, he was one of those guys like we talked about with Zanetti last week that younger players or, uh, you know, enters role players, if you will, not the alphas, but the uh, the guys who who, who were simply there to contribute and make sure that you you, you round have a solid uh, starting 11. They looked up to him. They they followed his example, followed his lead. He was he was a true uh, leader amongst men, although he was. Uh, not the captain of the team, he he very much could have easily been had it not been Zanetti during those uh, those um, Mancini and Mourinho years. So I wanted to to get y'all's opinion because I this guy is um he his nickname was the Dragon and uh, he was uh, Inter's Dragon in midfield. So Nima, uh, starting with you, what are some of your uh, fondest memories and thoughts on uh, Stankovic when it comes to Inter?
0: I mean, I was uh, I I was uh, very lucky. To uh, this was five six years ago, just after he'd qu- finished his career, um, I was invited together with a, a lot of some other people to be on Inter TV uh, when they were doing like a special with him, and he was on there, and 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 then when they asked everyone in the crowd, what do you think about? Uh, like everyone in, sitting there in 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 the studio like your your favorite memories uh everyone was these long shots his his fantastic technique of shooting the ball and from 30, 30 35 sometimes 45 50 yards and burying it um his his never say die attitude his his fight and work worked until the very last drop of sweat leaves his body all that stuff is just genuinely amazing i will never ever forget that um ever uh, and and for me, he 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 really embodied that. And also the way how loyal he was, uh, you know. I mean, I remember the two thousand six, two thousand seven season, which was arguably his best season. He was probably the best midfielder of the city that year. Um, he scored so many goals, and he was behind so much of what Inter did. And. His contract was expiring, and when the media started reporting that, oh, he might be leaving for free, la, 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 he just went out and said, I'm not leaving anywhere unless Inter want me to. If Inter want to extend, I'm staying. Boom. Finished. Done. Um, that 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 kind of player, you don't see that anymore. And when, when, I mean, the whole Mourinho thing sending him to Juventus was, because Mourinho had questions uh, regarding his, you know, if he could fit into his tactical mold. And when they had him, you know, basically they had a meeting and, and Stankovic said that he'll he'll accept, like you said, being a role player. Uh, and and whenever and and he he you know Mourinho got him on board on that. And and the character was something that he loved a lot. Um, and, and this fact that he he bleed he bled for the shirt, he bled for the cause um, that is that is for me um that 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 is my most mem- like my the memory that i take with him is, is is his character but above all those amazing goals uh from 30 40 yards.
3: Alex, uh, when it comes to Inter midfielders, uh, how do you rate Stankovic historically? Uh, oh, my God. You can, you can go back as far as you'd like, sir. But uh, I just wanted to because I, I did make the statement that I said you could I think that he would be in the top 10 or 15 if you go all the way back to the club's founding over 100 years ago. So where do you where do you rank him in terms of uh, his 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 ranking in that midfield of Inter all time?
2: I mean, top 10, if not top five, uh, the versatility. That, that was a word that you used, Critty, in, in the great description. And that, to me, is the key. You could plug Stankovic anywhere on that midfield, and he's going to find a way to contribute. Attacking midfield was probably his best role. The goals that he scored were insane. And I thought that Stankovic, to me, a trait that makes him stand out among good players, average players, very good players, what makes him a great player... Uh, the mental toughness, I mean, you, you talk about um, how, you know, when, when Mourinho came in, this was not really a guy that Mourinho considered a player that fit his system. And, you know, there there were the talks of that transfer to Juventus that was protested by their fans. But when it became clear that he wasn't going anywhere, what did he do? He, he sacked up and he earned a spot on Mourinho's squad and showed why he is indispensable and why this guy uh, can be an integral part of any midfield. He didn't cry about it didn't lollygag about it didn't mentally quit on his coach or on his club you know he went out there and proved himself time and time and time again and whenever you bring up this legend series I, I always you know it makes you reminisce and you know we had uh, Zanetti last time out which of course is almost every one of, of my generation's favorite interplayer ever but even when you think about a guy like Stankovic you think man can you imagine if you had that guy or a clone of that guy playing for this club right now what what kind of damage and what kind of contribution he could give to enters midfield i mean this is a guy you know for a team like inter that's struggling to score goals during this period to be able to have a guy like him that can bang in a screamer from 40 yards out i know that's something that nangalan has done in the past but isn't in form right now what a valuable trait that that could be uh there's no question in my mind or in the mind of anybody who's watched this club over the last 10 20 years that this guy is absolutely an Inter legend and you know ironically a guy who was close not once but twice to to be joining Juventus uh thankful he never did uh, he he's he is one of my favorite midfielders of all time all this to say Stankovic to me is a guy for for the long goals for the mental toughness uh, this is a guy I will remember forever
0: uh, here
3: here so
2: guys in, 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 in,
3: in that aspect,
2: wrapping, it, wrapping
3: this segment up, um, I feel like that is, it, it, it's a, this is what I was talking about earlier and this is why I think Stankovic is so valuable is because who is that guy right now that Inter has in their midfield like a Stankovic that, that, that like you said, sat down with Mourinho after three years of Mancini and said, you know, Jose, I'm going to do whatever you need me to do. I'll, I'll adjust. I'll tactically adjust. But I'm going to be your workers. I'm going to be your dog on the pitch and I'm going to fight, and I'm going to bleed, as Nima said, and I'm going to sweat for this crest, and I'm going to make sure that I, I give every last, last bit of energy. Who is that guy right now? That's, it, it's players like this, these characters that we're talking about, these personalities, uh, you know, your cambiasos, your, your uh, Zanettis, your uh, uh, that, that, that those. that's what made those teams, that's what made the, those five years between 2005 and 2010 so special is that you had you had a, a an assembly of winners and you had an assembly of guys that just that got along and they did their work and they didn't complain and moan every week and there was no drama surrounding the team all the time it was just guys that went out there and busted their asses and and got results and and I think that that's what makes that core players especially uh, Zanetti and especially in this case today Stankovic so special is that they they truly I, I want to say, I, I've used this term before, they embodied what this club is supposed to be about, you know, this brotherhood and this this uh, 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 partnership and, and everyone working together from all all parts of the world. Like you said, Nima last week, you said Zanetti could be considered the greatest, one of the greatest captains in Inter history. He's from Argentina. He's not even Italian. And isn't that what this Inter represents, you know, brothers of the world, you know? So I think it's just, it's it's so cool that we're talking about not only these two great players, but you know, one from the former Balkan states and then one from Argentina the last two weeks that arguably make up Inter's greatest team of all time.
0: Mm, Agreed, agreed. Right, uh, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of and make fun of something or someone in the world of football starting with uh, the negativity uh, this week's uh, moji, which will be presented by Mr. Negativity, uh, Mr. Critty
3: Smith. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't want to be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm.
0: i told you. I'm not. I'm, I'm girlfriend angry at you. With uh. I'm so to you, I'm gonna give you these like snide remarks because I blame you without any reason. It's your fault. It is your fault. I've it's the critic curse.
2: The yeah. if, we
3: curse. <laughs> if we get the one point this week, I'm going to take my credit for it then, okay?
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Then, then I won't be angry anymore.
3: <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, guys, so as we all know, I grew up on the mean streets of Germany. I'm just kidding. I don't, mean, don't mean <laughs> Um, um and, and and now I've moved to to, to uh, the beautiful United States of America where Alex and I call home. And to this week's emoji is really sad because it's we are revisiting uh, something that we talked heavily about on this podcast. It was three or four weeks ago, and it goes back to the Curva Nord and the uh, racist remarks that were made towards Kula Bali, and now we have this reoccurring in the very same game that they're allowed back into the stadium against Bologna last week, and You know, when I say about the country that Alex and I live in currently, this is a country that, you know, we have there's 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 black versus white issues dating back hundreds of years. And we have honestly right now the whole NFL Neil situation with, you know, with these players uh, going against the brutality. Sometimes it happens in the African-American community and as, as it pertains to law enforcement yet. In our stadiums and in our arenas, uh, whether it's the National Basketball Association, National Football League, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, you would never see anything like this. And if you did see something like this, the person would be ousted out of the arena by the vast majority of fans, uh, probably 99 to 1 in that aspect, because this is simply it's so dated in this country. And we, like I said, still have so many problems here. Serie A is 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 this is 2019. This should not still be happening. And as I just got done doing the Inter Legends section about how Inter represents this this global brotherhood and you know peace and harmony and everyone holding hands and and, and, you know this this you know rainbows and butterflies and sunshine. This is what comes out. Just one game back into the full San Siro being opened back up to the curva and the public and you know it's shameful. And I'm at this point, it's you have to maybe shut down the curva for the rest of the season. I, I think there has to be a major lesson learned because if you don't, there's never any repercussions. Even this ban that that was, was the, the ban that we saw from December up until last week, it didn't have any effect. And what bothers me the most are the comments that came away from the curva that were talking in regards to Kulabali and, and, and how it was if it was a blue person, or if it was a yellow person, and that's the first thing that a racist person says is they name colors that don't even exist in order to make excuses and 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 make right what they said, and so that that, that it seems like it's not a big issue. If he was this color or that color that don't exist, we would have said the same thing to him. But you don't make um, monkey chants to a blue person or yellow person. We all know what you're trying to say with that. So, you know, that's the that's this week's mochi because they're and it's something we're revisiting far too many times in this league and now especially with this club which i love so much this club that you love nima that you love alex and and boy do we have some uh some some maturing and growing up and learning to do as it pertains to 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 this particular subject because it's 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 really getting old and it's very sad
0: here mm, here Right, let's move on to something uh, much more positive, but uh, kind of related to the same uh, event, uh, this week's uh, Moratti, which will be presented by Mr. Uh, Alex Donner. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and uh, he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this, uh, call this.
2: Yeah, I piggyback, I piggyback off of that emoji for my Moratti, because even though there are some very vile people who attend Inter games, some very vile people as we've come to find out who sit in the curva. Uh, I, I was at least um, very happy to to find out coming out of this past weekend that there are thousands of very good people who attend these games at the San Sudo. And I think that this week, these people deserve to be recognized because something I thought good came out of something very bad that happened in the Bologna match when when there was more racial abuse coming out of the Curva, directed this time at Mbaye of Bologna, uh, you know, some pretty nasty people in the Curva doing the same thing that they were, you know, successfully doing uh, in the Napoli game back on the 26th of December. You had this time thousands of people drowning out the racial abuse with the whistles. Uh, And so we've actually come to find out that the reason why Inter was not sanctioned again, the reason why you don't face another stadium ban and another curve of closure is because after Serie A's review, they actually thought that the fact that there were many more thousands of people making an effort to drown out and stop that racial abuse this past Sunday at least showed that the stadium is coming around. So I, I do want to applaud and give a morati to, you know, those who, you know, actually are, are seeing this anti-racism campaign that Inter is launched. It's taking, you know, some people are taking this to heart. and. I think that this incident goes to show you that while you, you may not change some of the awful, awful people out there, sometimes good can triumph over bad. And I thought this happened in the Bologna match. Not a whole lot of stuff happened on the pitch, guys, but at least something good happened off the pitch.
0: I couldn't said it better myself. I agree one hundred percent with that. Here, here. Yeah, it's, totally it's, agree with that. It's, totally. it's exactly it's exactly what you say, Critty. Like you you have you know, the self policing is also needed here. And and what we saw, that was brilliant. Um, that people did. And because this is all from the Curva Nord, we all know that. Um, and they need to sort that out. All right, uh, let's move on to something slightly more comical uh, this week's Frog, which I'll be presenting myself.
3: Eclamoroso! <laughs> Autogol di Ranocchia!
0: Um, it's kind of already been mentioned, uh, but I'm going to bring it on anyway, because it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Gabriel, uh, Gab uh, Marcotti brought it up earlier about Conte. But apparently it seems that when Antonio Conte was in downtown, was in central Milan, in the beautiful Galleria, w- while, you know, walking around, uh, looking at the stores and being being interviewed and being photographed and, being, and all that stuff, uh, which is very close to where Inter's headquarters are. Um, Gianluca Di Marzio has had confirmed, uh, he tweeted this out, uh, no, actually he said it in in, in Sky Sport uh, Italia uh, live show, that no, uh, Conte was not up at Inter's uh, headquarters to sign a contract, but as far as I know, uh, and I'm quoting Di Marzio here, um, Conte was in central Milan to buy a sofa for his wife. (laughs) Now... Now I I think Mrs. Conte has got to be the biggest pimp in the world. If she sends her <laughs> husband from London to buy a couch for her that she's already <laughs> that, that she's already pre-ordered, so I don't know if this is true. But if it's if it's true, Mrs. Conte is 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 the Morati of the season, because <laughs> you know, that that is that is talk about talk about wearing the pants around the house um <laughs> like Antonio I want the couch it's in Milan you're going to go pick it up <laughs> it's just brilliant um, what did
3: you call it couch gate couch gate yes yeah, sofa <laughs> gate i couldn't sofa. decide
0: sofa gate or couch gate i couldn't decide on, or divano gate for our italian friends cuz divano is 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 uh, is um, is couch in italian Oh, it's absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant i i couldn't stop giggling uh, at this um at all uh, it, it was hilarious right that was all we had time for this week. I'd like to thank a uh, huge shout-out to Mr. Marcotti for coming on uh, the this, uh, this show. Uh, and I'd also like to thank you, Critty. Uh,
3: thank you very much, Nima, for having me. It's a pleasure, as always. Alex,
2: thank you as well, and I hope you have a great rest of the week.
0: And as always, Mr. Alex Donald, thanks
2: a lot. Critty, Nima, always a pleasure. And hopefully the crisis ends this weekend
0: ah from your mouth to god's ears until next time i'm <laughs> i'm your host nima tavalla wishing you all a good week a good weekend a three points and sempre e solo forza inter